Hey everybody, welcome to Bedside Matters. This happens to be the podcast that addresses the medical issues that impact every single one of us every single day. And we will hopefully give you the answers you're looking for so you can be more informed and healthier. That's the point. My name is Peter Tilden. I'm one of your hosts. I'm joined by Anna Vicino and Dr. David Kipper, the man with the medical degree. How are you doing? Everybody good? Doing great. Great, Peter. Let's get to it. Today, we are going to be discussing a new treatment for kids with food allergies. I'm very interested to hear about this. And then we're going to be talking about alternatives to colonoscopies, which I didn't think there were any. And here we go. We're going to be talking. Cutting edge. Cutting edge information, folks. Without even hearing them, I say yes. I'll take it. Yeah, whatever it is, I'm in. This just happened. A brand new at-home test approved for chlamydia and gonorrhea. I guess that's a, that's a really good thing, especially for embarrassment purposes, too. And then we've got a question from a listener about quitting smoking. And we'll find out if there's any new cessation treatments or what's out there for a lot of people. Because a lot of people still smoking and some converted to vaping. And that, I don't think, is a great alternative. So we'll find out. Let's get started. New treatments for kids with food allergies. I'm very interested in this because I get a lot of cards and letters from moms with kids with food allergies asking for some recipes. And and there's usually not just one food allergy. There's multiple food allergies. There's multiple conditions happening. So what what breakthrough thing is happening for these kids? This is exciting. Anna, you've identified the problem. The problem is there are a lot of kids that have these allergies to peanuts and eggs and milk and wheat. And about 80% of them will outgrow them when they're 16. And we do have a current treatment now that's a new treatment, but there's a newer one behind this. Then the current treatment that's new is the immunotherapy, and that's a desensitization treatment. So the kids get teeny tiny doses of whether it's a peanut or egg product or whatever, and they gradually develop their immune response so that they can tolerate it. But now we're adding this medicine called Zolaire, and Zolaire uh, is basically a monoclonal antibody, so it's prepared in a laboratory, and its job is to lower the allergic responses, and we're currently using this for asthma, but it increases the safety and the speed of these oral immunotherapies, these microdoses, and about 85% of the Zolar immunotherapy combination allowed these kids to have two grams of two different food allergens. So it's, it works, and it's really wow. a nice combination. Is it an immediate thing, David? Yes, it, it, it works pretty quickly because the way Zolar works is that it blunts the immune response, the allergic response. So we use it for asthma because there's allergic asthma, and it hits the immune system that targets these sensitive areas or tissues in the lung. It works against the immunoglobulin E, which is the allergy immunoglobulin. So does it work about environmental stuff too? Is it, because I mean, asthma sometimes is triggered by dust, mites, or mold, or things like that. It probably does with respect to asthma, but this is very specific for these food allergies. Oh, very cool. Because again, a lot of, we've talked about this before, how someone comes to your house and they're allergic to peanuts, and there's a yeah. peanut floating around, and these kids can go into anaphylaxis. They can- And I have said, David, so growing up, no, I never heard of a, a person my entire life having a peanut allergy reaction at a certain 
point in time, all of a sudden, that's what all I heard was, put peanuts away, be careful peanuts, they can't get them out in planes. Is this something that developed environmentally over time? Because, or, or did we just ignore those people who didn't know why, why they were having reactions? We did see kids always. I mean, when I was in training and did my pediatrics, we saw kids coming in with these allergic problems. But we really never isolated it to these specific things. We knew that there were the milk allergy. Uh, I think the peanut thing did come a little bit later. But didn't they? I, God, I remember when I was a tiny, like the talk, the allergy test. Like my mom would have one that the doctor would put dots on her arm of different things or whatever to see what they're allergic to. They never tested for peanuts. They never tested for anything like that. It was just all external stuff. I think that's right. I think what they tested for were, as Anna pointed out, environmentals. I don't remember that long ago yeah. testing for foods with these tests. So for parents that are listening whose kids are sensitive, and if you don't know about just the oral immunotherapies where they're microdosing these compounds that are milk, wheat, peanuts, eggs, know that there's even a step better than this because that's likely what you're going to hear now is the immunotherapy. But the Zolaire added to this is going to make a huge difference. It's going to work faster and it's going to be safer. That's wonderful. All right. Well, good good news. Good news for the kids with the food allergies and the moms too who have to feed them and the schools who have to have make sure that everything's safe for them. So that's that's great. How somebody who's really allergic is it peanut dust? Is it touching the peanut? Is it like all of the above? We have a a little boy that's been coming to our house regularly for parties, and we're very careful about not only what we have out, but if anyone brings in a peanut containing thing, you know they they have to wait in the car pretty much. All right, our next story: alternatives to a colonoscopy. I mean, what? And go through that three day extravaganza of fasting, fainting. And um, having your butt probed, I know I'm not supposed to say butt. This is a this is a very classy podcast, so I apologize to all of our listeners. This is a medical show, and there are parts of the body that are, you know, prone to these kinds of jokes. So, you know, um, so the problem is obvious. The problem is that there's you know colon cancer is increasing. Uh, they've lowered the age limit of when you should be screened down to 45. Uh, but if you detect this stuff early, 90% of these people survive. And colon cancer still kills a lot of people. And there are reasons. <laughs> Peter, you named one in the introduction. Why do you think 40% of the population avoids colonoscopies? Because of the Four jokes we cracked right before we talked <laughs> about the colonoscopy. Exactly. So, well, yeah. it, in, and in addition to the embarrassment of it, there people are afraid. That, you know, it sounds awful. Some people can't access these tests because they don't have insurance and they, they don't have the ability to do this. And then with the pandemic, this was interesting. We, we delayed our screening tests, our preventative tests. This was almost three years. And so... The system got backed up, no pun intended, but a lot of people that did not get their regular testing, their colonoscopies, now it's actually even harder to get them because there's a waiting list. And there's no celebrity spokesperson that says, I just had the best time of my we life. We miss Katie Couric getting her colonoscopy on the air. Who's the next Katie Couric? No, but you don't need that. You need you need to find someone who goes, 
best day of my life. <laughs> I mean, you really need to sell it to overcome all the negatives. You know what? You can go get in and out afterwards. I don't think most people know that. Maybe they would schedule if they know that they can go straight to in and out. The sales pitch actually died with Michael Jackson, unfortunately, because the thing that everyone talks about after a colonoscopy is the propofol, is the anesthetic that you get. And you're you're so comfortable when you wake up from this procedure. You want more propofol, a little more, and a blanket. Yeah. Because propofol puts you in like the deepest sleep instantly and keeps you there, so it's the most restful sleep. Yes, it's a hip. Oh. It drives you into stage four deep sleep. So wow. Michael Jackson got addicted to that, David? Was that was that an, an addiction because when you don't sleep or you're nervous or whatever it is to get that kind of sleep becomes addictive? I got to have it again. I got to have it again. According to what I've read and understood is that he had a sleep disorder and tried a bunch of different things and his schedules were off and the propofol works immediately. You can't count back to 10. And if you keep that sustained in your blood system, in your bloodstream, you stay asleep. The minute you withdraw the propofol, you wake up. And so you do need a doctor giving you this. But you also need more propofol? Yeah. Is it like a higher tolerance or whatever? No, not really. I mean, not really. And most people don't get a, you know, a sleeping uh, cocktail every night of propofol. But so... Anyhow, so there are two new blood tests that are going to be here this year. Great. One is called the SHIELD, and it's a DNA-based blood test. Uh, it was designed and created and researched by this group in Silicon Valley. And it, it's going to be a blood test that is going to be positive up to about 85% picking up colon cancers at all different levels, whether it's a, a progressive bad colon cancer or even an early colon cancer, which are those polyps. So this is going to be amazing. And uh, doctors like me that are internists or primary care doctors are going to be able to prescribe this. And the pricing is not going to be bad. Uh, there's a second company doing this also. They, they haven't named it yet. But it's going to very much do the same thing. It's going to look at the DNA in, in the stool specimen and these are going to be DNA in the blood tests as opposed mm. to a specimen. Oh, man, that's interesting. Amazing. Really amazing. I wow. mean, because, listen, the colonoscopy thing, too, it's not even just about the actual procedure. It's about the, the prep is crazy. Um, everybody has different things that you have to drink. Nobody really loves fasting, let's be honest. And it, it's if you're able to at least take a preliminary blood test before having to do it, that could be, that'd be cool if that was the new standard, a new, a new flag. It, Anna, that's really a very important point because there's also confusion amongst the medical community. Some doctors will recommend every 10 years. Some will recommend every yeah. five years, some yeah. every three years. So it's very hard to have standardization, and it really all depends on whether they find polyps. Polyps right. are precancerous. So if someone comes in for their colonoscopy and they have several polyps, they're going to come back a little sooner. And then there are flat polyps, which are very hard to find. So you have to really be clear with your doctor about what the right timing is. And that in itself, 10 years, in my opinion, is way too long of, a, of an interval. Damn, that's what they told me, 10 years. You're clean, 10 years. I was like, great, bye. 
that was the standard for many years, but in the last, I would say, twenty years, that's changed. Of the eighty, when you say it's eighty-five percent detection, does the eighty-five percent increase among the more severe cases because they're easier to detect cancers, and it misses the flat polyps or whatever that is, or is eighty-five percent across the board? It misses eighty-five percent of the flat polyps, the, the whole shebang. It's eighty-five percent across the board, and some of that eighty-five percent are the more serious cancers. And okay. You know, a smaller percentile are these polyps. At age 75, it's recommended that you don't get screening anymore. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't get colon cancer at age 76. So there are these other tests, and that's where this becomes important. That is great. Amazing. And I love breakthroughs, and there is a breakthrough, too, and this just happened. A new at-home test approved for chlamydia and gonorrhea. And what was, because I don't know, I'm not just saying, what was the test for gonorrhea and chlamydia before? Swabs and cultures at the office, right? Right, but the swabs uh, for a female, not so difficult. The swabs for a male, you have to go through the urethra. So I've never, not only have I never been able to convince a man to do that. I've never wanted to ask a man to do that because right. it's so painful. Wait, for which which one? For chlamydia or for gonorrhea or both? For chlamydia and well, for both. But but what's presenting that you would think I should put a swab up there? What is it? What are you seeing? Would they go? Whoop, we should check this out. Well, that's a very smart question because part of the answer is that uh, a large percentage of people, maybe seventy percent of women, are asymptomatic. And men tend to be asymptomatic for chlamydia. Gonorrhea is a different animal altogether. But there is this company that's created the MyLab box. And this is for the home testing for these two things. It has three test sites that you can test three sites, oral, anal, and genital. It's painless. So we take away that issue, Peter, that you brought up. It takes less than five minutes, and the samples go to the lab in these pre-addressed, prepaid envelopes, uh, and you get your results in three to five days, and it's HIPAA-protected. So it's really a nice little kit. That's great. You can imagine, I will throw this back to Peter and Anna, why would, why would you want to do this one at home? You mean instead of going in public and saying, I have, can I have the chlamydia on shelf three? It's right behind your head. Can you hand that over? I think that would be the reason. Yes, that's the major reason. Embarrassment. Also, there's a cost, and it's the same thing with the colonoscopy. Not everybody can get into the doctor to do right. it. Right, right. Uh, so it's all of that. Dave, what's the percentage? We just went 85% on the colonoscopy. What's the, you know, the error on this? Will you get back a test? You know, with the COVID test, I'm so used to negative tests. Aren't really negative tests because I didn't take it at the right time. Is that the same thing here? What's the plus minus? You know? Yeah. Is this more reliable than a COVID test? It's exactly the same thing here. It is how you do your test. You have to ah. make sure you get in there and get the organisms. But this is so much easier than what we currently have. So the people will be, you know, much more agreeable to, to these tests. Um, if you catch gonorrhea or chlamydia early enough, they're curable. So untreated, they create a lot of problems. Women can become infertile. There's uh, damage to some of the pelvic organs, uh, not to mention the pain that comes with these infections that aren't treated. So 
there's every reason to try to catch these things early. It's actually recommended that most women in, that are sexually active under age 25 should be doing these routinely every year. That doesn't happen, but that might happen with something this easy. Yeah. And what, how does it present a chlamydia if it's undetected in male? How does it present? In men, it's usually a, a little pain with urination. There's sometimes a very light, clearish discharge, but it's those two things. And in women, again, a lot of them are asymptomatic. But it doesn't go away. It continues? It doesn't go away. It continues. Right. And they're contagious. So if you've had a sexual partner or multiple sexual partners, with gonorrhea, the answer to that question is in men, there's no fudging on this one. Uh, men get a discharge that's purulent, pussy, painful, Ooh. ugly. So have I, made, have I made my point about the gonorrhea? And so men, you don't have to coerce into the doctor's office. So this is, again, this is another advantage for catching these things early. And it's interesting because in this kit, you also get with the instructions on how to do it, it also offers free telemedicine consultation. Well, that's good. We have a caller who wants to ask about smoking cessation, and uh, there's an issue there. We'll call her. So I, I, I do need your help. My wife has been diagnosed with cancer, and I'm a smoker, and I've been told that I have to quit smoking. I have tried everything. I have tried patches. I have tried hypnosis. I have tried medication. I've tried meditation. Is there anything that you could advise me to help me with this process? Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate your help. This is the most exciting thing I've read in a long time. And we know that smoking kills. It's a, to me, it's one of the hardest habits to break. And there are a number of options to treat it. But this is fantastic. This is a product called Tabex, T-A-B-E-X. And what Tabex is, is cytosine, which is a natural plant-based product uh, it's found in a tree in the golden rain tree plant, and it is perfectly safe. It's harmless. It's in nature, and it's it's unbelievable. And it works the same way as Shantiques. Shantiques works by stimulating these receptors that re are responsible for the effects of nicotine in the brain. So it acts like nicotine in the brain. The brain sees this as nicotine. And so if the brain sees this as nicotine, the brain isn't craving the nicotine because it's got it. And so after a while, and you stay on this for a while, your habit goes away. And what's wonderful about this, first of all, it's, and I'm going to get to a negative in a minute. What's wonderful about this is that the treatment is 25 days and the expense on this is $57 for the whole treatment. Whereas the patches and the gums are in the are in the hundreds of dollars, Shantiques is a three hundred dollar treatment. Wellbutrin, which in my opinion doesn't work, is about two hundred bucks. So this thing is a fraction of the cost. Uh, but the the history of this is interesting. It's been in Europe since the '60s, 
and Canada's had this since 2017, and it's over the counter. So oh, here geez. is yeah. So this is an amazing. Thank you. Why did the Canadians get it over the counter? I'm I'm mad. I want what they have. Well, we're now you realize we're now for the first time, if I'm not mistaken, letting Canadian pharmacies ship stuff to yes. the United States because. Canadians aren't dropping dead from their drugs. I think we finally figured out maybe we can get yeah, lower do drugs by doing stuff like that. So this is amazing. This has been out this long over the counter, and we're just getting it here. Wow. Right. And it's not a pharmaceutical, so it's hard to get that from a pharmacy. By the way, you know why it's not a big pharma product? This is interesting. Because it's plant-based natural product, I guess? Yes. Because they can't do anything to it to make it proprietary? Yes. To get the FDA to approve a natural product, it would be like getting the FDA to approve oregano. Right. So it's it's not going to happen. It's going to cost the company a, a, a lot of money. It's not right. likely to get approval. They're not be able to charge very much. Mm -hmm. for the, so that is the one problem here is that you have to get it. You have to know someone that's in Canada. You have to uh, <laughs> go to... Eastern Europe, they have it there. Do but... we need to get a guy like in the Minnesota border who's going to run this stuff? Because I'll figure it out. I know people. <laughs> well, I do think that once this news hits the the press and the media gets a hold of this, I think there will be a lot of that. I had a young man in my office this week, and his mother is back and forth in Canada for work, and I've been trying everything to get him to stop smoking. And he's a naturopath. He doesn't want to take a pill. He doesn't want to chew the gum. He doesn't. And he had no excuse on this one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's plant-based. So in answer to your question, if you know anyone in Canada where you feel like taking a, you know, a ride to Eastern Europe, but with all of this press, it's going to be coming on this. I do think that we're going to have some access because of this. And I'm curious what the $57 price tag will be at that point. <laughs> it's now $2,750. So let's recap. Today we talked about a new treatment for kids with food allergies. Yes, Zolaire, uh, an asthma medicine that is uh, something that suppresses the immune response to allergies. You add that to our current immunotherapy, these microdosing of these allergic products like the peanuts, the eggs, the milk, the wheat. And voila, you have a, a very fast and efficient way to get kids off of these allergies. Very interesting. And then we uh, talked about an alternative to colonoscopies, a pre-screen, as it were. Blood tests. There's going to be two DNA blood tests coming down the chute this year, and that will add to the DNA-based stool test that's already out there that's called Cologuard. But this is a blood test. And the one that is already named is named SHIELD, and the unnamed blood death remains unnamed. This just happened. There is now an at-home test approved for chlamydia and gonorrhea. And this is something that uh, will be shipped to your home. It, it tests three sites. It's inexpensive. It's simple. You just put all the results back in the box. You send it back, and in three to five days, you get your results. And the beauty of this is that you also will get a list of doctors in your state that you can call for a telemedicine con consultation and get the appropriate medication. And this takes all the 
fear and anxiety and embarrassment out of this problem. There you go. And for Denise, who asked, is there a new product or new way to quit smoking? It's basically go to Winnipeg, right, David? <laughs> <laughs> yes. In it's, February. It's called Haybeck, P-A-B-E-X, Tabex, and it is a cytosine natural plant product that works just like the Shantix does, and it sort of confuses the nicotine receptors in the brain to make it think you're smoking. And you do this for 25 days, and your habit changes. Your body gets used Great. to not having to smoke, and it's it's inexpensive, and it's hopefully going to be accessible someday soon. There you go. Thank you so much, Dr. Kipper. Thank you, Peter. If you guys have a question out there, you're listening to the show, and you have an urgent question you need answered by Dr. Kipper, head on over to bedsidematters.org and enter it there and send us a card or a letter and let us know. Your question might just be answered on the air. And by the way, we have socials at Bedside Matters Podcast on Instagram, at Bedside Matters Pod on Twitter. So you can reach us there as well. Help us with your questions. We love questions. Check out Dr. Kipper's book, Override. Uh, you can actually learn to take control of your behavior and override sabotaging behaviors, hence the name Override. You'll understand you better. And who better to ask about you than you? And Anna Pacino, uh, she, you check out her website. It's got a recipe boxes. It's got sauces and spices and cookbooks. Everything is gluten-free, grain-free, low-carb recipes. Wonderful, right? Sauces and spices, baby. Uh, I want to thank producer Laurie Creamy for always helping us produce the show. And, of course, thank you, most of all, for listening to Bedside Matters. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, we're here to help. We have new episodes every Monday, so follow us, like us, and have a great week. The information on Bedside Matters should not be understood or construed as medical or health advice. The information on Bedside Matters is not a substitute for medical or health advice from a professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. We'll see you next time.